The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. As we continue in our series on family matters, we're looking at how a husband is to love his wife. The Bible is clear that a husband should love his wife like Christ loved the church. But what does this Christ-like love look like? We've been looking at this love from a biblical standpoint, and yesterday we began to look at the ways in which this love is to be manifested within the family dynamic. We continue today examining what this Christ-like love looks like within the context of the family. I hope you'll stay tuned for the message today, but first we have a song selection that we hope you'll enjoy.
Something else it looks like is it looks like sharing responsibilities with them. I realize, and we've talked about it already, that the world hates the principle that we talked about with wives about them being submissive to their own husbands. You know, that's that's a Bible principle. If you don't, you know, I, I say this often that, you know, if somebody hears that and doesn't like it, they don't need to be arguing with me. They need to argue with God because <laughs> God set that forth. We should never apologize or be ashamed of what the Word of God says, okay? But sometimes men get the idea that that means that they pretty much just do it all and there's no place for the woman at home and except at home and except in just a very limited circumstance. We're, we're going to come to this, Lord being our helper, when we talk about uh, parents and children, okay? But I want you ladies to understand something. There is an extremely important role that you fulfill. You're called the guardian of the home. You're, you're the keeper at home. The keeper. That doesn't mean the stayer at home. That means the, the one who watches and takes and, and, and guards the home. There is a very important role for you in, in, that, in, in regards to your family. You know, we're, and, and the husband ultimately is a protector and the keeper and the guardian, but, but there's a role for the wife as well that's extremely important. And this idea of the man being the leader doesn't mean he comes in and just does all the work himself and never consults or talks or considers her at all. You know, when it came to the earthly ministry, if you look at Jesus' earthly ministry, Jesus didn't do all the work himself, not on the earthly part. Listen, don't misunderstand me. For eternity, in the eternal work, he did it all. He took care of every single sin of every single child of God that has ever been committed or ever will be committed. He finished that work. But when it came to the earthly ministry, he delegated. He shared responsibilities with his disciples. Those responsibilities don't involve going out and making children of God. You understand that, I hope. It means that, but it did involve preaching to children of God. You remember in John, the uh, 11th chapter, when, when Lazarus was, uh, was, was dead, he'd been dead for four days, and we, we were told that the processes of decomposition had already started according to the testimony of his own sisters. And he goes there to the graveside of Lazarus and he cries out, Lazarus, come forth. Nobody but Jesus could have cried out, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus, come forth. But when Jesus gave life, when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, Lazarus came forth. But then you know what he said? He said he was still wrapped in his grave clothes. He said, now, to the people standing beside, he said, now you loose him and let him go. Did you know that's the job of the church? Did you know that's what he's given us to do? We can't give life to a dead alien sinner. But you know what we can do to one who's been given life? We can help loose them from the grave clothes that they've been clothed in in this world. The philosophies of men. The, the, the idea, like in Romans chapter 10 over there, where those, those Jews who had been quickened and made alive, they had a zeal of God. They were already regenerated children of God, okay? But they were struggling trying to go about to establish their own righteousness. They were trying to work their way to heaven. And Paul said, I'm, I want to I save them. My desire and prayer for them is that they should be saved. What kind of salvation? Not eternal salvation. They've already got that. They're already in possession of that. They're already regenerated. But they needed to be saved in a timely way, in a gospel way. They needed to be taught 
what it was that actually secured their salvation so they could be relieved from this, this idea that they got to go about and work their way to heaven. You know, that's a burden no man can bear. Nobody could bear that burden. You think about if you felt like you had to work your way to heaven. My goodness, what a, what a horrible position I feel like I was in. I wouldn't be up here preaching, I can tell you that. I'd be struggling somewhere, probably hiding, trying to hide from God if I thought my works were what got me to heaven because my works can't even, can't even get me to feeling right with God in a small way, you see. But you see, Jesus told them, loose him and let him go. He said, he said there's some work for you to do here. Same thing in our homes. It's a, Jesus loved his bride and he gave her some responsibility he gave her some things to do he shared the responsibilities in the sense now like i said remember he did it all eternally but here in this and he's involved in everything that happens here but there's some things that he did to help to help her to understand what she should do you, you don't have to turn there we don't have time this morning but over in matthew chapter 10 as he's about to send out the disciples two by two he's sending them out to, to go out and preach the gospel he gave them clear, concise instructions, but he gave them room for initiative and creativity. He set out the basic structure, but he gave this large degree of freedom within that structure as to how they were to carry out that, that commandment that he had given them. You see, loving leadership looks like sharing responsibilities with our wives. And see, something else is very important, man, very important. It, this kind of love, this kind of loving leadership looks like listening to them. That's what it looks like. Now, leading certainly involves making decisions and delegating responsibilities, but the wife, husbands, is to be your chief advisor. He's, she's to be your primary resource, your primary confidant, your primary consultant. Over in 1 Peter chapter 3, it's a very familiar scripture, but I want to turn there and read it because I want us to see the context. In chapter 3 of 1 Peter and verse 7, he says, likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, speaking of the wives, according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Now, this is a statement to husbands about knowing and understanding their wives, okay? But it comes right on the heels of the instructions on the, to the wife on submission. If you go back and... You begin, at the very, you begin at the very first part of that chapter. It says, likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. And there's a lot of teaching here that we've already talked about, about how wives can uh, win their husbands if the husband might not be an obedient to the word of God. But, but the point is, is that on the heels of that, he says to the husbands, you need to dwell with your wives according to knowledge. I've said this before, but you, you've heard the saying, oh, you just can't understand women. Well, there's one you've got to understand, husbands. You better understand your wife. And the only way to know her, the only way to understand her is to listen to her, to hear her, and to hear what she has to say. See, leadership in the home is not about barking out orders, saying, okay, get ready, we're going here, we're going there, we're doing this. It's about discussions. It's about sharing and talking and listening. And let me just say this, men, just a little aside here. This ought to be a big red flag. 
where your wife disagrees with you in a major issue where there's no direct scriptural instruction, then you should be very careful. I mean, if there's something in the scripture that says, you know, do this, and she wants to do something else, that's different. That's, that's clear in the scripture. But when there's a major decision in your home to be made and your wife is in disagreement with you, you should be very, very careful and prayerfully consider what she has to say. And as a matter of fact, anytime that's ever happened in our home, then I've tried to go back to the prayer closet and try to spend more time praying to God and trying to seek his will. See, this kind of loving leadership looks like listening to your wives. And finally, this kind of loving leadership looks like not being bitter against them. Notice what he says back, back in Colossians, the third chapter. It says, husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. You remember the tagline at the end of 1 Peter 3, 7? It said, you know, dwell with them according to knowledge. Give honor as, as unto the wicker vessel. That your prayers be not hindered. That your prayers be not hindered. Did you know that when, when your relationship, the relationship between husband and wife, and, and I might even expand it out a little further and say the relationships among family members, your, your direct family, when that's messed up, then your prayer life can get messed up. I've been in situations myself where something was going on at home, something maybe Sherry and I didn't agree on, or maybe there was some turmoil or issues with the children or some situation going on. And you know, my prayers were hindered. I didn't feel like my prayers were getting anywhere above the roof. And, and you know, I have to say this too. I've, you know, I, I always kid with my children about what a burden it is to always be right, you know. We've talked about that, correct? But you know, there's been times when I've been right, but I was wrong. I might have been right about what I was taking a position on, but I was very wrong in the way I did it. And there were a few times when I was actually wrong. <laughs> but see, the point is, though, that when you have those intimate relationships messed up, it can mess you up in your fellowship with God. I'll never forget this. This doesn't apply to husbands and wives uh, directly, but it really does. Um, Elder Luke Hagler was preaching here one Sunday night, and he made this statement that, you know, he has one older brother, Brother Josh, and when they were teenagers, like brothers tend to do, they didn't always agree. They started arguing. They were having problems. And one day his mother brought him in, him and Josh in, and sat him down and said, son, I just want to tell you now, you need to know that, a, that as, as long as your relationship between you and your brother is not right, your relationship with me is not going to be right. It's not going to, it's not, it's always, if you don't get it right between the two of you, then, then there's always going to be a problem. There's going to be something just a little bit of something in a fellowship between parent and child. That's the way it is with God. And that was the point he was making. He said, when, you know, he was teaching us, rightly so, that when the relationship between children of God is not right, our fellowship with God is not right. And, you know, we always have a relationship. with him. He's always our father, but our fellowship can get messed up, right? And the point is here, particularly in the most intimate of relationships between husband and wife, when that gets messed up, 
and bitterness creeps in and problems stay there, then our relationship with God will not be what it ought to be. Our fellowship, I should say, with God will not be what it ought to be. See, this kind of loving leadership looks like not being bitter against them. I mean, think about it in the workplace. Just think about, you know, you're supposed to be, husbands, you're supposed to be the leader, right? In your workplace, you've got a leader who's a boss or a supervisor or that sort of thing. Nobody likes an angry, stressed out, disagreeable boss, do they? In the same way, the husband must not be an angry, stressed out, disagreeable, bitter leader. And why is this particularly an admonishment to husbands? Why didn't he say that about the wives? Well, wives can get bitter too, but the husbands are especially prone to holding grudges. That's what brings bitterness, isn't it? You hold grudges. I found that when I'm bitter about something, it's, because, it's not because of the event that occurred immediately past. It's because I've been laying up in my, in my uh, record book all the times that this has happened. This has happened then. It happened the, the next time. It happened back last year. It did the, and you're, you're, you, know, you get to this point where you're always or, or you never. Don't use those terms when you're disagreeing with your wife or your family. You always do this, or you've never done this. Now listen, I'm preaching things that I know of because I've done it. Don't keep bringing up old offenses, even to yourself. Because you see, your wife, husbands, your wife is never going to be perfect. But I, but I need to let you in on a little secret. Neither are you. Neither are you. You and I, we, you know, I said this when we started this series, that this relationship of husband and wife, this family relationship, expanding it out even further to children and parents and that sort of thing, is, is fraught with potential for problems. You know why? Because what it is, is it's two or three or four, if you expand out the family to include children and parents and so forth, it's a bunch of sinners put together. It's a bunch of selfish sinners. That's what we are at heart. That's what we are in our human nature. We're a bunch of selfish sinners that are prone to wanting to get our way, prone to wanting the other person to make us happy. And man, the potential for trouble is exponential. It, it's, it's almost unfathomable. And that's why God gave us this book, this instruction manual on how to deal with one another in those most intimate of relationships. So let's bring this to a close. Husbands, remember what Jesus did. That's the way to be the right kind of loving leader in your home. Jesus continually exposed his disciples to who he was, to what he did, and what he said. He clearly intended for them to absorb his vision, to buy into his mindset and his approach to this sin-cursed world. And the way he did that was by spending time with them. He saturated them with his influence through his example through his teachings, through his attitude, through his actions. It was a whole life experience. And you know, when you marry, it's not just another thing to check off the list. It is a full body, whole life experience. 
When you marry, you become one. When you marry and, and you're, you, you, have, you have become a family, uh, something that did not exist before, and it is, it is so imperative that we approach it in the biblical way. You know, isn't that what He does with us today? You say, well, you know, He's back in heaven today, but doesn't He still share His presence with us? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, He said, there I'll be in the midst of us. He's in the midst of us. He's not, he's not a dispassionate observer sitting on the throne room of heaven. He's here, child of God. As we are together in His name, He has promised to be here. I have felt Him through the Holy Spirit many times here in this congregation. We felt it yesterday over at Bethlehem. He is here. James tells us He giveth more grace. He didn't just give us eternal grace. Praise God for the eternal grace He gave us. But He daily loadeth us with benefits, the psalmist says. He is here giving us more grace. He has opened His throne room to us. We don't have to, we don't have to come crawling and sniveling to before Him. He said we're to come boldly before the throne of grace. The very throne room of His home in heaven is open to us through the medium of prayer because He loves us. And in fact, He sees us just like He saw those disciples on the water when they, could, they were about to be overcome and they couldn't see Him. He saw them and He walked to them and He came to them and He gave them help in their time of need. And beloved, He does that for us today. He loves us with an everlasting love that never ends. It's a sacrificial love. And even when He sees us and we can't even pray. You ever been there? I've been to where I could not even voice the words to pray. I didn't know what to say. I could only groan in my spirit. And He, said, he says that His Holy Spirit maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. That's how much He loves you, child of God. So he went back home to heaven and yet he stays here with us and he dwells within us and he helps us every day. That's the kind of loving leader we have in Christ. That's the kind of loving leader you need to be, husband. That's the kind of loving leader we need to be, men. That's the kind of loving leader all of us, men, women, boys and girls, who have been quickened and made alive need to be. You say, I haven't done that, preacher. I've struggled with that. I haven't been the loving leader I should have been. I messed things up. Moses says today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to start. It's not too late. Are you breathing? Are you living? Is your heart beating? It's not too late. Start today. Call on him to help you, and he will do it. If you are a born-again child of God, you have access to the power of God through the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. 
That's the letter J C H R I S M C C O O L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you, is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.